What I want us to consider this morning are the things in our lives that love creates. I used to have a very cultured aunt who I can still hear her voice as I would do something or I would say something and with the little crook of her finger on the cup of tea, she would say, isn't that lovely? Everybody has at least one relative like that, I think. And that's really the only time you hear that word unless it's sarcastic. Oh, isn't that lovely? We have totally distorted the view of the word lovely. As a matter of fact, it's almost in the same category as whatever. But the word actually describes something that can't really be described by any other word. And in this verse... When Paul uses the word that's translated into English, lovely, he's actually using a word that's never used again in the New Testament. It's the only time this word is ever used. And it's a word that describes the combination of a brotherly community type of filial love connected to an action. So that when you think about what this word is describing, it's describing love in action. But not just a singular love, not just you loving somebody, the community loving each other. A group of people together choosing how they're going to show love to each other. That's what the word means. And it's the only time it's used in the New Testament. And so there's significance to me when a word is only used once. And when I think about this word and how it's used, how many times do you use the word lovely in a conversation? It's a word that's kind of gone out of style. Now, I don't expect you guys to all walk around this week saying, isn't that lovely? Because <laughs> if you do, I'm going to probably think, and the people around you are going to think, hmm, what's going on there? But what I want you to consider is where the order of this word is in this verse. Because Paul doesn't tell us to think about what love is first. He asks us to think about what's true first. He doesn't ask us to think about what love is second. He asks us to think about what is honorable. And then what is... And then what is... And then, what is lovely? Because there's a way of thinking about love that has to begin with what is true. Because we live in a culture where how I feel trumps what is true. So if I love somebody, it can't be wrong. Even if that means I'm being intimate with a person of the same gender. Well, the truth has to come in somewhere because in order for love to truly grow and be what God intended, it must have boundaries. And those boundaries have to be created by rules and those rules have to come from somewhere. And so where you choose your boundaries and where you choose your rules and where that comes from has to begin with what's true. 
Now, I've looked all through the Bible. I've read every book. I've studied every word, almost word by word. And I have never found anywhere in this word where God blesses sexual intimacy between people of the same gender. But over and over and over I read where it says God blesses those who live together and love together as man and woman in covenant marriage. Now you say, well, Pastor Matt, isn't, doesn't, the people that lo- doesn't that love matter? Doesn't, doesn't love matter? It absolutely matters. But it can't be blessed by God unless it comes within the framework of what God can bless. And I don't want to seem harsh. I don't want to seem unloving at all. But I have to have boundaries around my love or it's anarchy. And anarchy leads to chaos and chaos leads to destruction. And so for us to think about as a group, as a community, as a country, as a culture, about what is lovely, we have to begin to think about what love creates and where does that begin. It begins with the truth. It begins with what honors the truth. It begins with with what's right and pure about those things. So then love can find its place within that framework that's built as a protection around what love is supposed to be and what love can become. And so love as we think about it is talked a lot about in our culture. There's a band called 21 Pilots. How many of you heard of that band? See, there's two or three of you that have heard of it. <laughs> eh, mostly under 30. But it says in this song, and I listened to the song because it uses the word lovely. Try to find a song that uses the word lovely, and you're almost always going to be a Christian song. This one isn't a Christian song, and it's talking about lovely. It says, I will make you believe you are lovely. Now, I'm not sure how the writer of that song was going to do that. But I don't think it came from heaven's wisdom. And what I want you to think about this morning is whether you believe in and of yourself that God can create you and make you and help you to be a person where love and action is evidenced in everything you do. Because I believe that God can help us to do that. I believe God can help us to be men and women, part of a community who express love in action. And want that love to not be an imitation, but to be the authentic love that flows from the wisdom of God himself. Our creator our maker. God created us to love a certain way. You didn't wake up this morning and think, you know, I'm so glad that God created me and uh, when he created me, he asked me what gender I wanted to be. (laughs) Although, I want to thank God every morning that I was born a man. But I can't imagine a world where there was only men. Lord, have mercy on us all. A woman brings beauty and life itself to creation. She is the crown jewel of God's creation. And everything she's about is to be honored and and lifted up and and protected and cherished. And so, yeah, I'm getting on it now. I'm not... (laughs) 
<laughs> but how that love is expressed needs to have boundaries around it. And, and so many times in our culture, we've taken the best of what God's made us to be and we've distorted it. It becomes a, a shallow, pale shadow of an imitation of what love is really supposed to be about. And so I want us to think about what love in action is. And, and not the imitation love, but the authentic love. And so I wrote it like this. Causing things to happen in an intentional way for the good of the person that I love is described as authentic love in action. And so, with the framework of God's truth and what God honors and what is right and what is pure as the foundation, now we can then say, how do I love in light of God's truth? How do I love in light of what God honors? How do I love in, in light of what is just? How do I love in light of, of what is pure? <laughs> and when we begin the conversation like that, we start from a whole different place, don't we? Then what's love got to do with it? What's love but a secondhand emotion? We've started from a whole different foundation for who we are as people. And that's why the wisdom of God's Word is so important. And that's why the order of these words is so important because it helps us understand how we're supposed to think. This is a recipe for how you think. So don't ask yourself if something is right or wrong. Ask yourself if it's wise. Because sometimes things that are legal to do just aren't wise. And when you're loving someone, ask yourself, is this pure? Is this right? Is this something God honors? Is this the truth about who God wants me to be? And then you'll find your path clear towards authentic love. Any other path is a distortion of that love. And you will never be able to be blessed in your life until you follow the recipe that God provides for us. How many of you know I like cherry pie? How many of you know that there is a wrong way to make cherry pie? You can have the sugar, you can have the crust, you can have all the right ingredients for that crust, which are flour and all the things that go into that crust, but without cherries, it's not a cherry pie. One critical part of that ingredient that's not in there, and it's not going to be what it was supposed to be. By the way, Cheryl, great cherry pie. <laughs> she made me a cherry pie for our hope groups. If you're not in a hope group, if nothing else, go for the cherry pie. It's awesome. <clears throat> and, and, and yet, in our lives, so many times we're, we're willing to remove part of the ingredients of what God has told us about how we're supposed to love because we're trying to compromise for somebody else's desires or somebody else's standards or somebody else's wants or somebody else's opinions. When we should be asking ourselves, what's really real about how God has created us and how he wants us to love? And Proverbs 21 says it this way, unscrupulous people fake it a lot. Honest people are sure of their steps. And people who are willing to accept imitation love have to accept the falsehood that goes with that. They have to accept and be a part of a game-playing relationship 
where the thoughts that they think and the things that they do are based on manipulation and rationalization and all the things that go along with the imitation love that so many people practice. Oh, and by the way, this sermon is for me. I'm preaching right back at myself because the temptation and the struggles and the things that all of us deal with are part of my journey too. And I do not want to get to the end of my life and look back on a life of manipulation and coercion and selfishness and desires misplaced that allowed me to come to a place in my life where I had accepted an imitation of what God wanted me to be on the altar of my own selfishness. So just in case you think I'm just preaching at you, absolutely not. Because I want the legacy that I've lived to be one of faithfulness and righteousness and truth and honor. Because if I can leave that with this church and this community, then I believe that we will have made a difference together as we stand for those things that are right and true and honorable and just and pure. But if we build on any other foundation, then the love that we're trying to share means nothing. It's sounding brass and tinkling cymbal like 1 Corinthians talks about. It means nothing. And if you're building your life on anything else but what these words are describing and what this word is describing, then you're building your life on manipulation and selfishness and desire and greed that will never be satisfied. You'll never have peace. You'll never have those things that God wants us to have. And that's why thinking about authentic love in this context changes our perception about everything else in life. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And when I say that to you, I'm saying that because the greatest example of how to create love within a community, the greatest example of love in action, the greatest example for time and for eternity is the life of Jesus Christ himself. And when I look at his example and what he wanted us to be, he looked at the one who he knew was going to betray him and handed him dinner personally and said, be very careful, Judas. With eyes of compassion and love, he looked at him and said, be very careful, Judas. The devil's waiting for you outside this room. That's love in action. Simon Peter, you're not washing my feet. Oh, man, while men look for crowns and thrones, Jesus got out a towel. Says, sit down, fellas. I'm going to wash your feet. One of the most embarrassing, <laughs> uh, intimate almost things you can do is, is take somebody's shoes off and wash their bare feet. If you want to wash my feet, I'm going to say no thanks after church, just so you know. But God has called us through the example of Jesus to think about each other and what love creates in a community by looking at the example of Jesus as he washed the disciples' feet. That's love in action. There's no power. 
There's no prestige. There's, no, there's no, nothing to be gained by sitting down and washing 12 guys' feet. But imagine somebody who they'd watched raise people from the dead one by one going around and washing their feet. A servant's job, a slave's job, really, in that culture. Those guys walked around in sandals all day. Their feet were dirty. It wasn't a clean job that Jesus did. He didn't say, okay, you guys wash up for a minute, then I'm going to wash your feet. He took the grime, he took the dirt, and he made them clean. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to take the grime, he wants to take the dirt, he wants to take the stuff. We don't have to get cleaned up to take a bath to come to Hope Church. You know, we come here with all our stuff, all of our baggage, all of our garbage, and we say, God, we need your help. And love in action within the community of this church and churches like it all across our country and around our world are God's answer for this world. There's no plan B. Brothers and sisters, the church is the answer to build the kingdom of God. And when we are called to love each other in community and love each other by putting that will to love in action, we create things that we can call lovely. So I'm calling you this morning to action. I'm calling you to community. I'm calling you to change your perception about how you think about what you do in your life and how it changes the world around you. The uh, basis for that love I'm going to argue, has to be on the basis of God's truth and what God honors and what is pure in God's eyes and what is right in God's kingdom. And when we build on those foundations, we become the people of God, the people He's called us to be, the people who change the world around them. I know that you're aware that we have a Spanish congregation that worships with us. But what you may not be aware of is the fact that they clean our church. And yesterday, 40 people from their congregation came and gathered here, had a big barbecue outside, and then gave this church a three-hour deep cleaning. Went through everything. And... I looked at that, I took a picture of them all standing out here, they're all having a great time. And I thought to myself, that's love in action. What can you do this week? Maybe it's not cleaning the church, maybe it is. Maybe it's doing something around the church, maybe it's volunteering for Operation Hope. Maybe it's your contribution to a hope group. Maybe in some way you can look back on that, on that uh, table back there and find a place to be involved so you can help and encourage someone else. Maybe there's something that you can do this week that my Aunt Verna would say, isn't that lovely? <laughs> would you stand together with me? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved us.
wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Nobody looking around, please. Say, Pastor Matt, there's some areas in my life with my spouse, with the people I work for, with the people I work with, with the people in my life where I'm going to put love into action this week in the context of what you shared with us today and what that is. Would you, would you just raise your hand so I can pray with you that you can accomplish that this week? Love in action this week. Thank you. I see your hands all across the congregation. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for the scales that you've pulled off our eyes so we could truly see the reality of the world around us. Even through the darkness and the blindness of our world, you are still opening our eyes to you. And Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit living within us, you help us to walk in your truth, to walk honorably before the people in our lives, to walk with truth and purity and righteousness as a part of who we are this morning. We thank you for this verse, and we thank you for the ability to think intentionally on those things that create love. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that for those that raise their hands this morning, it'll be more than just an expression of wanting to do something, but it will be put into practice this week in their lives in some way to stand for what is truth and honorable and righteous and pure as they live out love into their community thank you heavenly father for helping us to love those who are hurting around us even those who may be struggling with their identity and their gender lord this message was not intended to denigrate them in any way but to lift the truth of who you want us to be up and help us to love those that are unlovable. Help us to reach out to those who are unlike us. Help us to love those who hurt and give your truth and your love to the world around us. Help us to do that, we pray. And for everything you do, we'll give you the honor and the praise and the glory. For you are the king. You are the kingdom. And we are living within it to serve you and to love you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for each person that's here today. May we have a good week as we live into your love this week. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Shake hands with at least five people. God bless you. Have a great week.